0: It is Wednesday on Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Glad to be back for another day. Hope you guys are as well. Good show coming up. Got a lot of college football talk here in a little while with Randy Johnson from the Star Tribune. He'll join me to talk Gopher football. They are on a two-game winning streak heading into home game this weekend against Illinois. Another winnable game after that at Purdue. Can they really get into the Big Ten race? Can they make themselves a factor, or are they going to be chasing and ultimately falling short still of that goal and still hampered by that Northwestern loss earlier in the season? We'll also get into the Michigan sign-stealing sign scandal with Randy Johnson as well, so look forward to that in a little while. Um Got some thoughts on Twins broadcaster Dick Bremer here in just a little while. Announcing his retirement after almost 40 years on the call with the Twins. An amazing, impressive run for decades, almost 5,000 games for Dick Bremer. But he'll be transitioning into a new special role with the Twins, kind of an ambassador role. Some thoughts on that, especially as the Twins TV situation is uncertain in multiple ways now as well. First, though, what did I miss? You know, We devoted a lot of talk on the first two regular episodes of the week to the Vikings. A lot of talk, obviously, on yesterday's special episode with Lavelle E. Neal III. Go back and listen to that on uh, the acquisition of Joshua Dobbs and the trade of Ezra Cleveland. Um, we got to start with the Vikings again, though, just because that is such... An interesting dynamic now with this team, just a whirlwind forty eight seventy two hours going from you know the high of winning at Lambeau field to the low of losing Kirk cousins late in that game, even in the midst of a victory. Pulling your record to four and four, you know, start after starting the year one and four, all sorts of questions at that point. Are you rebuilding? Are you gonna trade a bunch of your players? Are you gonna trade Kirk Cousins? Like there was a talk, are they gonna it would Kirk Cousins you know waive his no trade clause if they got to the trade deadline and it was you know the record was one and seven or two and six, would he want to go to a contender? They kept saying, wait, 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 it's it's too soon to talk about that. We're still trying to win right now. We've got some winnable games coming up. They win the one that they needed to win at Chicago, but it was ugly. They win one against San Francisco that was far prettier, and they start to look like a better team, starting to look even better against the Packers, and then the injury happens. So here we are. They acquire quarterback Joshua Dobbs on Tuesday to give themselves another option. It sounds like, sounds like Lavelle was right yesterday that Jaron Hall will start Sunday, although I'll believe it as soon as it happens. But they're preparing him to start. They're getting Dobbs ready to be the backup on Sunday on very short notice. And then kind of go from there. So where does this leave them aside from in a very interesting spot? Well, to me, the biggest thing that this does aside from, you know, scramble your season is it gives you the opportunity for information. Now, that, you know, that is only as valuable as what you make of it. But I would imagine someone like Quecedo Flamenca and Kevin O'Connell, those folks running the Vikings, they value information. And this... You know, next nine games will give you all sorts of information about how this team functions without Kirk Cousins. It will give you all sorts of information about how you could or should or will proceed at quarterback and beyond in 2024. What I mean by that is you weren't going to find out what life was like without Kirk Cousins before having to make a decision on maybe life without Kirk Cousins going into 24 because he is a free agent. Now, Again, not how you have wanted it, not how you would have chosen to do it, but you will find out what is it like to not have Kirk Cousins as your quarterback? How does this offense function without Kirk Cousins? You bring in Dobbs, a more kind of mobile dual threat quarterback who's got over 250 yards rushing this season, who's got three rushing touchdowns, who's rushed for like 5.5 yards a carry, someone who can extend plays, who clearly does not have the same, you know, Arm talent does not have the same, you know, ability to, to quickly go through progressions and find receivers that that Kirk Cousins does. But someone who was having a pretty effective season as the Cardinal starter before being deposed a little while ago, you know, he was he was you know dumped from that spot, but he had been having a pretty decent season. He's nineteenth in ESPN's total QBR metric, which puts him slightly below the the average kind of watermark for for a starting quarterback, but. To be able to get someone like that for what basically amounts to a pick swap, either a seventh round pick or a conditional, could be a sixth round pick, if uh, you know, if if Dobbs meets certain thresholds. And all they gave up was a sixth round pick. That that to me says that you were able to kind of thread that needle. But besides the compensation, besides kind of this notion of a competitive rebuild. What you got was a look at potentially, at least in, you know, at least in practices and probably at some point in games, um, what that kind of quarterback, what that style of quarterback looks like in this offense. Now, Obviously, it's not going to be the same as if you had a full offseason, a full training camp to bring someone up to speed on how the offense functions, but at least gives you a look. Okay, what does it look does it like to have this kind of quarterback in this system? How can you tailor that to this kind of quarterback in case you want to draft or acquire that kind of quarterback to be your quarterback going forward in 24? Same thing with Jaron Hall, their rookie. How does this look with a less experienced quarterback? How does this look with someone that you've drafted, with someone that you presumably like, but that maybe isn't quite ready to do everything you want them to do yet? How does this offense function in that reality? Same with Nick Mullins, veteran. You know, How does this look if, if Nick Mullins plays a full regular season game? How does this function when you're trying to win games with a quarterback like that? Someone who's you know more of a traditional kind of pocket presence, Someone who has minus three rushing yards for his career. Not a, not a mobile quarterback, but you know, kind of more of a traditional passer, but not Kirk Cousins. How does this look with that kind of quarterback? Can you win with someone like that? I think that gives you a lot of information going into next year about how you should go about this process. And it's also very interesting because, you know, the Cousins injury, the Achilles injury is a tough one to come back from, but it is, you know, he will definitely do his rehab. He is, he, you know, I have no doubt in my mind that Kirk Cousins will come back and he will be ready. He will, he will be able to get over this and be strong and things like that, that he will be ready for the 2024 season. How does this impact his free agency? Does it make it potentially even more likely that he is available to the Vikings, that he's available at a more reasonable rate because he's going to have to prove that he's going to be able to come back from this injury at age 36. It's a fascinating question, but in the meantime, you're going to get all sorts of information, and you might not like the information that you get in terms of the short-term results, and that's what you're going to have to live with. You might find out, hey, wow, um, Kirk Cousins was carrying a lot of the load here, and we I don't know if we're ready to live life without him, and maybe we need to bring him back for the next, you know, 1 or 2 years before we find our guy, you know, you know, trying to imagine next year without him, even if you draft somebody, how that would look. Or you might find out, hey, um another quarterback can plug and play into this system pretty quickly, we can still win games. We may not have to spend 40, 45 million dollars on a quarterback next season and beyond. We might be able to get by with, you know, someone else until we find that kind of long-term solution. So, you are going to get a ton of valuable information if you were the Vikings. You have given yourself a lot of different types of quarterbacks, a lot of different flavors of quarterbacks. The running style quarterback of Joshua Dobbs, the young quarterback in Jaron Hall, the kind of veteran more pocket passer in Nick Mullins. You have a lot of options to choose from as you think about, A, how you try to win this season, and B, what things look like going forward. So that, to me, is the fascinating piece going forward. I'm sure we'll talk much more about this still on Access Vikings today. We're going to hear from Jaron Hall out at Vikings headquarters today. We'll hear from Quasi Adolfo Mensa. We'll hear from Kevin O'Connell. Have a uh, have a notion that those guys might feature heavily in Thursday's uh, daily delivery as well. But uh, you know, sorry if you're getting tired of the Vikings. The the metrics, the numbers tell me you guys are not. So I'm going to keep talking about them until this is no longer the top story. But I think this is fascinating. I think that the idea of this being kind of information-gathering mode, and I'm sure Kwesi Dofo Mensah and Kevin O'Connell like that piece of it, too, even if this is not how they would have wanted to get there. How can you make the most of this situation? And I have faith that they will. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope.
1: The anticipation. That incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story begin.
0: Let's talk go for football, Big Ten football uh, on Daily Delivery today with Randy Johnson from the Star Tribune. Randy of course covers the team and um Randy we we say every week that the Gophers have had a chance now to kind of get back in this thing kind of change the narrative of their season if they can if 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 they can win if they can do certain things they obviously needed the one at Iowa 2 weeks ago that they got this last one against Michigan State felt like it was more uh more sure than that, more likely than that, and they delivered on that with a twenty seven to twelve win. So all of a sudden though, Randy, they they have to be feeling not only better about the way they're playing, but also, you know, they have us doing some math on, hey, how viable is the path still to that Big Ten West championship.
1: Yeah, that, that it it is interesting. A couple of wins will kind of turn your focus a little bit. Uh, you know, they're obviously going to keep things in house and, you know, keep uh um Focusing on their one-game championship season each week, yeah. I understand that. That's that's a way not to pe- to keep the uh, keep the blinders on and not look ahead. Uh, but yeah, it, it's fans. We don't have we don't have to have those blinders. We c- we can speculate and look ahead and all all that type of thing. Fans, writers.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Um, it's it's uh, you know it's uh, they've yeah they're in a much better spot uh, than they were a- after that uh, that fifty-two to ten loss to Michigan uh, before they went on the bye. It's uh, yeah they're. They've taken care of uh, business the last couple weeks, you know, winning down in Iowa, beating Mich- uh, beatable Michigan State team. Uh, now, it, it, I think this week it ramps up a little bit with with Illinois, not a team with a great record, uh, five and three, but there's there's some talent on both sides of the ball there. So it, it's and it's a team that uh, has some things going against the Gophers. It's beaten them two years in a row, uh, and under um, uh, the Illinois coach Brett Bielema, has yet to lose to Minnesota. Wow. He- he he won uh, seven games as Wisconsin's coach uh, from 2006 to 2012, and he's two and zero against uh, uh, the Gophers as Illinois coach. So you know there's there's a little hurdle there to get over uh, if they want to you know keep their season on track to stay in contention for the um, for the Big Ten West title. Right now, uh, with Wisconsin's loss uh, to Ohio State last week, there's a four way tie. Atop uh, the Big Ten West, uh, the Gophers, Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, Nebraska, all with three and two records. Uh, Gophers are the only team right now that uh, controls its own destiny. There, it's, it'll be a tough destiny because if they would, uh, if they win their last four, they they, they win the West. Right. Probably. One of their last four is a trip to Ohio State. Yes. So, uh, realistically, I'm not going to give that. Put that one in the W uh, column forms. No they're going to have to, uh, if they win their other three and get a little bit of help, um, they could get there.
0: Brett Bielema gave P.J. Fleck um, tips on how to beat Iowa. I don't think he's going to give him tips on how to beat Illinois, though.
1: Oh, no, not at all. <laughs>
0: um, ad- and aside from just winning, it feels like they have to feel better about how they're winning. Um, I feel like the second half of that Iowa game, they got some things going with Ethan and Manis their quarterback. Even though they didn't cash in with touchdowns in that game, they were, they were throwing the ball with confidence, moving the ball, getting some, you know, some bigger chunk plays. And that can, that, that balance, that run pass balance that they have been striving for this year, that they found that against Michigan State was exactly 200 yards rushing and passing each to to come up with 400. I mean, I think you can't really script it much better than that. That's kind of the ideal, like to get to 400 yards and to do it with perfect balance like that.
1: Yeah, and, and using their playmakers too. Uh, on you know, the playmakers in this game were were uh, Daniel Jackson um, in the receiving game, and then uh, and every, everybody probably had this one on, on their bingo card. Uh, uh, Jordan Newbin, the, the converted uh, defensive back turned running back, who uh, goes for 40, 40 carries for two hundred four yards and a couple touchdowns in his uh, first time getting a, a big look. Uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty impressive there, and ran hard. Uh, delivered some hits and took some hits, and um, you know their their uh, backfields a little bit pretty nicked up right now, and it kind of reminds me of a uh, 2021, and that's when they moved Jordan Newman over to tailback, uh, basically uh, to add some depth there. When that year Mo Ibrahim goes out early, and then then you lose uh, Bryce Williams, Trey Potts, and you turn to the freshman and Bucky Irving and and Kai Thomas who no longer with the, who who uh entered the transfer portal uh after that season so it's just they they find somebody to to run the ball but uh that gets credit to their offensive line their, their 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 blocking schemes with with
0: receivers and tight ends too it's um you know they've been able to get it done i was going to ask you like how have they been able to be so plug and play with you know just finding a new people step right up get it, get 100 yards or in Newbin's case Two hundred yards. Obviously, these guys have talent, or they wouldn't be on the field. They wouldn't be able to run for that kind of yardage. But it, is, it does feel like it's system wide when it's happened so many times now.
1: Yeah, they're you know they're they're a run first team, and and you know Brian Callahan, the offensive line coach, you know he's done a very good job with with uh, that group over the years. You know they're. They're sending uh, players to the NFL out of that, out of their line now. That hadn't happened in quite a, quite a few years. Uh, you know, had an Hall America center last year, and John Michael Schmitz uh, obviously developed very well under Brian Call- Callahan. Um, yeah, they're they're um, you know I, I'd say you got got to give a good chunk of the credit to the coaching, and, and of course for the, to the players for the development too.
0: That was a pretty special day for the Newbin family. I, I know you wrote about that a lot in your game story. It gave you a nice you know, nice something different to to kind of dig into and write about but i mean you know both those guys having such a huge impact I and mean, we know we've known tyler's story but then jordan to emerge like that too that's just it's kind of a cool story
1: yeah it was kind of fun watching uh tyler spread down the sideline after his, his brother's scored a touchdown you know to join the, the celebration it's just, yeah i mean you know just they're they're just you know two guys who have really uh you know lunch bucket guys they they, they go to work they work hard and they uh put their heads down and uh and you know just just keep going
0: what do you think we're seeing with the continued development of Calic Manis? Was that his best game? Because it felt like it. If it wasn't, it was pretty close to it.
1: Yeah, it stretches. He he uh, he. He played very very well, especially the second quarter. You know, he had he had some nice throws there. On they had a couple drives. Uh, one led to a missed field goal, but then uh, then he had the t- the touchdown drive just before halftime. A couple nice throws on that one. One to Brevin Span Ford um for a thirty yard gain. That's you know, that's key, getting him going in there. Uh Corey croom's had a much better game. Uh Daniel Jackson's been Mr. Reliable. You know, he's their obviously their go-to receiver. Um, you know, they they do miss a guy like Lamecky Brockington a little bit. He was he, he had been um uh, coming on pretty good until, until he got hurt, uh knee injury. Um so they're uh yeah I, I think you know if they can if Athan can be accurate and he had the one bad pass, uh a bad read in the second half uh and pretty much after that, they shut the passing game down and ran the ball for 19 times. Uh, the other plus two needle downs at the end when, the, when they took the game over. But uh, no, Aethan was was much better this this week. And he, he you know, he had his moments against, against Iowa too. So I think it's, you know, it's confidence with him. It's 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 repetition. It's it's just you know getting out there and doing it. Um, you know, we've seen it in the past. We saw it last year. Um, especially in the Wisconsin game, uh, you know, they're, they're he's got a got a nice arm. He, he throws a nice ball most of the time. So it's just uh, kind of harnessing that in the in the right direction all the time.
0: They're able to turn it over to the running game and just kind of play it out, largely because how well the defense is played. And you know, it wasn't a really threatening Michigan State offense, just like the week before against Iowa. But they've been playing very well lately. They kept them in the game early when they kept turning the ball over. Holding Michigan State to field goals, limiting the damage on some short fields. I mean, defense, you know, we saw what happened against Michigan. It's happened to a lot of teams. I think North Carolina, that was a disappointment, but really since then, if you, if you're, if they're not playing an elite offense, they can be an elite defense.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think so. And, and they, you know, they do uh, the defense um, works really well when the offense is running the ball like they did. Yeah. They they and Joe Ross, will admit that hey, we're a lot better defense when when our offense is on the field keeping the ball and, and we're on the sideline. You know, they're not going to score against us i when we're on the sideline.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. But they've yeah, they've been they've been kind of stepping to the forefront and, and all of it adds up to now like you said, three and two in the Big Ten, five and three overall. got us to the point now where we're kind of scoreboard watching. We know like we know kind of what the path has to be for the gophers, aside from pulling a pretty massive upset in at ohio state it's it, it's winning the, the the other three games which is Illinois at Purdue and then home against Wisconsin in that finale if they do that the path is there doesn't seem like this is the week though that they're probably going to get a lot of help although there is one game where they'll at least get some kind of help right
1: yeah that would be um Iowa against northwestern um uh, Northwestern is a game behind uh the the four teams atop. But the, the Northwestern does have the tiebreaker over the Gophers uh, now, and I, I don't think Northwestern is going to run the table the rest of the way. But no possibility they could. The Gophers say finish six and three in the in, the, in their Big Ten schedule, uh, and then Northwestern was six and three. Northwestern would get the nod because of the head-to-head. So, but if Northwestern would uh, take out Iowa, give Iowa a third Big Ten loss, that that would be a, a thing in the favor for the Gophers. Then they. Um, 'Cause right now the Gophers have the head to head over Iowa and Nebraska. If they can um they beat if they beat Wisconsin you know, if they win the next two, uh Illinois, Purdue, and then beat Wisconsin, they they would take it. Uh in that previous scenario I talked yeah. about. Nebraska, um, they do play uh both Wisconsin and Iowa, so their their situation will will, will play out too. Um Gophers have, have the tiebreaker over the Huskers, so But yeah, they're, they're most, the Gophers most likely path to Indy, you know, barring a colossal upset uh, of Ohio State is win, win, uh, win against Illinois, Purdue and Wisconsin and then, uh, not have, uh, get to win a tiebreaker at at six and three in the conference and, and not, not have Northwestern in there. Uh, but if you have Iowa or Wisconsin in there or Nebraska, they would be fine if they beat the, beat Wisconsin at the end.
0: Now each of those teams poses a certain threat. I mean, Wisconsin's the team they still have to play, and that's the team with you know the, the, a lot of the more recent pedigree. Iowa, you know, still has that defense, and then you know Nebraska has you know has, has emerged. How do you kind of assess? Like, which of those teams do you think is the one where you're like, I really want that team to take that next loss to make sure that's not the team that's coming down to you know the last game or two with a chance to finish seven and two.
1: I would say have Iowa take the loss to uh, to Northwestern on Saturday. Um, they play play at Wrigley Field. Um, then the uh, the over under in that game is twenty nine and a half, which is evidently oh history or, or at least recent history. So um, yeah, that's one where um, you know that would get that would get Iowa out of the way. They'd get you know get them that uh, that third uh, Big Ten loss, and then whereas they they could not you know they would not win a tiebreaker over the Gophers.
0: Nebraska was still a bit of a kind of a punchline at the start of the year. You know, they're coming off of all those bad losses. Had a similar one with the Gophers in that opener, where you know the Gophers were in a pretty precarious position before they rallied to win that game. How much of a threat is Nebraska right now? If people have stopped paying attention to them,
1: yeah, they're playing very well. You know, they they have a defense. You know, they have, as the Gophers found out, you know, they, they were not a. You know, the Gophers were pretty fortunate. Uh, they force a couple timely turnovers in the fourth quarter to come back and win that thing. Uh, you know, Nebraska's there; they're still limited off- offensively, but you know they they can they can make uh make things tougher for teams on uh, with their defense. So they're it I'll be really interested to see what they do against both Wisconsin and Iowa uh, in the last two weekends.
0: All of this is moot, though. I imagine if the Gophers don't take care of Illinois, and like you said, that's that's this is you know this is we we look at this stretch of. Michigan State, Illinois, Purdue as winnable games, but Illinois is, is not a is not one of those teams that you can take lightly, especially when you mention the history against them recently and against Brett Bielema.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the, the, you know, Illinois always has athletes, and you know that's that's the thing about it. You know, if they if they uh, have good enough coaching, they're usually a, a decent team. Last year they had a pretty good year, kind of tailed off toward the end, but uh, you know, Bielema's a good coach. You know, he, he he's he's won big at Wisconsin. He you know. Arkansas was a little tougher there, but he's done a good job of getting Illinois much more relevant than it had been. Um, so, yeah, this is not one for the for you know fans to think that it'll just be a uh, cakewalk to, um, through Illinois. I I'm not sure there's any any team that the Gophers no. uh, will, will ha- can just think they're going to handle easily. Um, you know, we might have thought that before Northwestern and see what ha- what happened there.
0: Randy, final thought for you. I mean, the big story in college football in the Big Ten right now. Is Michigan, this whole sign stealing scandal, everything you, I think you wrote in your insider last week that the, that it touched the Gophers a little bit because there was uh, that Michigan staffer, uh, there was tickets for that 2021 game against Ohio State. Uh, what do you make of all this? And what, do, what have you, what have you heard? What do you know about all this?
1: Um, you know, just from what you, what I'm reading and what you know, what, what you hear, it's, it's a, it's a mess for uh, Jim Harbaugh <laughs> there, um, you know. It, uh, turned out earlier this week that, uh, sounds like the contract talks with Arba have, st- have at least been put on hold. And today was a really interesting, interesting development that, um, this Connor Stallions, the, uh, the, right. the staffer at the, at the heart of this, uh, uh, there's, there's, supposedly a photo of him, uh, on the sidelines of Central Michigan, wearing Central Michigan, uh, apparel. Uh, with with his uh with his uh notebook and everything, checking out uh, Central Michigan's game against against Michigan State. Uh, from the Central Michigan sideline somehow. Wow. So I you know, and that, I I don't know how verified this is yet, but uh, there 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 are stories out there and I I saw the photo and it's like, yeah, okay. This guy uh you know, we'll see what 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 uh what comes of this, but it is just another interesting twist in this whole plot.
0: But Harbaugh knew nothing of it.
1: I wouldn't think so. Why you know, why why would a coach know about that?
0: <laughs> well, we'll see what we'll see what eventually gets uncovered. And none of this is really gonna affect this year, at least not in real time. None of these <laughs> things ever get sorted out until 2024 at the earliest, right?
1: That's the that's the working theory, and that's kind of what I think. But you know, the NCAA has already, you know, they they're they're up in Michigan checking things out, interviewing people. It's yeah, you you wonder if 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 all of a sudden the powers that be deem this as, hey, this is the you know, they're 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 cheating pretty badly that somebody needs some relief off this.
0: Yeah, well,
1: and it's it's almost like though they're so good that they shouldn't need to cheat.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, and uh, I don't know, turn all their wins into forfeits this year, in the Viking or the and the Gophers uh, record suddenly looks a little better, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> well, we, we do remember what the what would look like watching it too.
0: So. Yeah, that's true. We know. I don't think they needed any help eating the Gophers, but yeah, what what a story. We'll be following that one in addition to the rest of what goes on in the Big Ten. The rest of the year. Randy Johnson, appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds
1: good, Mike. Thanks a lot.
0: Interesting perspectives from Randy Johnson. Always appreciate him. Coming on with me during the college football season. Interesting to me, too. Gopher is only like a field goal favorite over Illinois. This is not a walkover game. This is a pretty even matchup in terms of talent. Gophers have had some close ones go their way. Illinois has had some close ones go against them, including I think they blew like an 18 point lead or something like that against Wisconsin earlier this year. Could have had that win. That would change the complexion of their season. So, do not take this one lightly. I don't think they would anyway, but do not take this one lightly. This is not a team that uh, that, that you can just expect to show up at Huntington Bank Stadium and beat. Uh, maybe Michigan State was a little bit more of that variety. This is a different game, and the Gophers need to treat it accordingly, get bowl eligible, and get themselves... Truly into that Big Ten West picture because you win this one, then you can see the Purdue game comes into focus and then you can start to think, okay, just a little more help and and that Wisconsin game could be for the Big Ten West title. I think an unofficial um, theme of the show could be a time of change um, this particular episode. Talked a lot about the transition from Kirk Cousins to different quarterbacks with the Vikings this year. Um, and now we got, let's, let's talk a little bit here about Dick Bremmer. The news release from the Twins on Tuesday announcing Bremmer's retirement and transition into a role as a special assistant in the Twins front office. Um, Dick Bremmer is the longest tenured um, TV broadcaster for single team in Major League Baseball right now. He started with the Twins in 1983. Had a year in 1986 where he didn't work for the team after some TV troubles. I think that one of their many carriers folded, but he came back in 87. He's been working with the team ever since then. He's broadcasted almost 5,000 games, but he will be transitioning to a new role at the same time as the team could be transitioning to a new Yet another yet another broadcast carrier. It's interesting in the release that talked about all the different kind of carriers he has called games for, started with Spectrum Sports. Twins Vision, Midwest Sports Channel, Victory Sports, Fox Sports North, Bally Sports North. You think about that, you think about the many iterations of places you could watch the Twins over the years and how that has evolved, but how Dick Bremer has been a constant through all that. But if the Twins are going to change again next next season, and it certainly is possible given the expiration of their Bally Sports North contract and the bankruptcy proceedings for Diamond Sports um, that the, the parent company of Bally Sports North, he will not be accompanying them on that next part of their journey. I have no idea if those two things are related. It probably is just a time to to transition into a new role. It's been 40 years. My goodness, you know, someone in that role for so long, just a trusted voice. Someone you turn the TV on, you know exactly the voice, you know what you're going to get. He's had so many different analysts working with him over the years, although probably the you know the, the one that you remember the most probably was was Burt Blyleven for so many years. But it's been more of a, a rotating cast of characters throughout the years. Always just a really nice and genuine person whenever I encountered him and just, you know, someone who has been the voice of the twins for so long. Um, you know, he said in the release, the, in in the quote in the release that he, you know, he had had a goal at one point to get to 5,000. So he comes up 28 games short of that. But what a legacy, what a career, and a time of transition, a time of change for the Twins, both in terms of, like I said, who is going to be calling the games and maybe, you know, I think we'll find out probably sometime, you know, in the in the coming months here. Um, We'll certainly find out in the coming months, maybe even in the coming weeks, how, you know, where the Twins will be heard and seen in 24 and beyond as they try to find a new solution that might not involve Valley sports anymore. Let's finish quickly with the cooler. I thought this was an interesting story and a, an amazing quote. Apparently, um, Colorado football team players were robbed of jewelry and cash during their game against UCLA at the Rose Bowl recently. And Deion Sanders wants those players to be reimbursed. Head coach of Colorado wants those players to be reimbursed for their losses. His quote, though, was amazing, unbelievable. He said, Our kids got robbed during the game last week. I would expect the NCAA to do something about that. This is the Rose Bowl. They said the granddaddy of them all, right? I'm sure granddaddy had some money. Grandpa should have some money to give these kids. I mean, I, I'm i sorry if anything, any of all this happened. I hope they are fairly compensated for their losses, but that is an amazing quote from Deion Sanders that I will not soon forget. That'll do it for me today. Like I said, listen to Access Vikings later today for more on the Vikings quarterback situation and beyond. Listen tomorrow probably for more of that and plenty. I'm probably going to take a bunch of your questions. I want to do a mailbag show, and tomorrow might be the time. So if you have questions, send them to me on email. Send them to me on X. I still call it Twitter. Find me. Send it my way in the next 24 hours or so, and I will get those questions answered on Thursday's show. That'll do it for me today. Back at it again on Thursday.